Create an Unstoppable Life, Episode 109. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back. It's an honor you're here. I'm not even joking. Your time is precious. Thank you for choosing to spend it here. Two awesome things to share with you. Awesome thing number one, the Taos Adventure. Refresh your mind, your business, your marketing. This is a tiny pop-up retreat for women, August 22nd through 26th in Taos, New Mexico. Join Dr. Aaron Wiseman and me to experience rejuvenation, clarity, and focus. The link for more information is in the episode description and on Instagram at Dina George MD. Just check out the bio section. Awesome thing number two, remember Dr. Ali Novitsky from two weeks ago? We talked about strength and power, and you heard, you learned, she's amazing. She hosts the podcast Life Coaching for Women Physicians. Check out her episode, July 21. It's about editing your life story. It's a very sweet conversation between the two of us and really highlights how editing the story that you're telling yourself will change the quality of your life for the better. This show is a proud member of Dr. Podcast Network, and here's a word from this week's sponsor. As a physician, you routinely check your patient's health, but when was the last time you checked the financial health of your practice? You could be needlessly losing money right now. Stop bleeding money. Get actionable insights about your group's financial performance with a free, no-strings-attached assessment from CareCloud a leader in medical billing solutions, EHR, and more. CareCloud has over 20 years experience helping large and small providers boost profitability and has helped thousands of practices optimize their financial operations. Request your free revenue cycle assessment and learn more about your group's performance by visiting drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash carecloud. Again, drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash carecloud. Today, we are talking about ways to become more clear, more focused, and as a bonus, it ties in nicely with our recent episodes to help you see you are not failing on every front, to connect you with your strength and power, and to demonstrate the wisdom that you've gained, you've learned, you've uncovered from all the falling and getting back up. I'm going to share three prompts, three teachings that I work with clients on, both what they are and then how they work. The first prompt that I use is celebrations. It's exactly how it sounds. So simple, right? Smile, wait for it. There's more to it. I open many coaching sessions asking the client to share their celebrations. Here are the rules. Only the client decides what is worthy of a celebration. It can be a micro celebration or a massive celebration or anything in between. And I encourage them to list many micro-celebrations. Here's why. The high achiever mind believes that things have to be unique and massive in order to draw attention to them. Notice, just to draw attention, unique and massive, which means that very few things have been celebrated. Despite all of the accomplishments, all the experiences, all the learning, all the creating, all the stuff that is worthy of celebration, Very little of it comes to mind. 
When clients are new to this practice of celebrations, I encourage them to pick a number in advance and then find that many items to list. It might be five, it might be 10, it might be three. It doesn't matter. Interestingly, it only takes a few times of opening the session with celebrations for the individual no longer to need a number. It's no longer a struggle. And here's why. The mind is being trained in a new way. And what's super fun is to be able to point out how many they listed unprompted and how much they've grown to be able to do that. The prompt is simple. Share celebration-worthy things. Waking up counts. Drinking coffee counts. Not yelling counts. Not making the bed counts. Taking the stairs counts. The ordinary counts, the mundane counts. And on average, there's about 10 to 15 items when the individual stops. So I read back the list, I pause, and here's the response. Hey, that sounds like a good list. That sounds like I've been busy. That sounds like I'm making progress. That sounds like I'm changing. Look how far I've come. That sounds like somebody I want to know. The follow-up question? Now that you've heard the list back, how do you feel? This is the fun part. Relieved, excited, proud, inspired, hopeful. So you see how this works? The mind is given a direction to go. We spend however much time it takes to get there to list the minimum number. And the client stays with it. They search their mind. They go back to other things that were labeled as insignificant or mundane. And then they work to find something that is celebration worthy within it. And that's when their energy changes. That's when their creativity opens up. That's when their confidence expands. The first time is hard. The next time it's easier. And when they hear the list back, it's powerful. You see, the high achiever mind is so good at discounting each individual item, at labeling it not significant enough, not big enough, not unique enough. Everyone's doing that. But when we look at the summary, they all add up and we start to see a bigger picture for our lives and for all of our effort. When we see the accumulation of celebrations, we start to see that we are changing and how we are changing and that we have momentum in a number of areas of our life. We can see that we are working and the process is working and it reinforces how much this work matters. We also start to see how we're choosing differently, choosing what leads to more meaning and fulfillment rather than choosing more things to do. High achievers do not intuitively take up the practice of celebration. We put our heads down, we get the job done, we look at what's next. We have this ongoing belief that the next thing is the big thing. That will be different when that thing is done. We'll celebrate when that thing is done. And my friends, we have all been lying to ourselves. It's never enough. There's always more. And that way of thinking is a trap. We work hard without fulfillment, believing that fulfillment is on the other side of the next thing that we're doing. So we don't naturally celebrate unless it's huge. We don't instinctively feel proud of ourselves. In fact, so many of us become uncomfortable even thinking about being proud of ourselves. So we stay in the place of feeling stuck because we only know how to be who we already are. 
when we don't allow ourselves to celebrate the micro victories, what we're doing is allowing judgment and comparison to do what they always do. Tell us it's not a big deal. It's not that good. And in fact, it really isn't good enough. So we stay in the mode of having to accomplish more to prove that we're worthy. Spoiler alert, it never does prove that we're worthy. We can never do enough to reach the threshold of worthiness. Worthiness is a decision that we make for ourselves based on who we are, not what we do. This needs repeating. Worthiness is not something we prove. Worthiness is a decision that we make. We decide we are worthy based on who we are, not what we do. And most of us have never heard this before. We've never seen this before. We don't know this. So we look outside of ourselves for our entire lives to prove to others, to prove to ourselves that we're worthy. But there's never enough. There's always more to do or be or prove. But here's the beauty. It's a decision you make. You can free yourself. You may need to make this decision hourly or daily or weekly, but make it as many times as it takes to stick. You are worthy. You don't have to prove anything. Back to why this works, why this prompt or practice works, it directs the mind where to go. It focuses attention on celebrations. It becomes an opportunity to identify the distractions that stand in the way of feeling pride, the not good enough, and then to practice ignoring the distractions. The reason we don't sit down and write out the celebrations is because of all the negative self-talk that comes up. Ah, that's not that big. That's not that good. And this practice is all about neutralizing that self-talk. In our neighborhood, there are a number of stray cats and residents who feed them, like houses that have bowls and bowls of cat food on their porch. It's fascinating. (laughs) So what happens when the resident chooses to no longer feed the cats or the resident moves out? What we've noticed is first the cats get mean and then they go away. We can learn to stop feeding the negative self-talk that wants to keep us in hustling and proving. Back to celebrations and why it works. We summarize the list and look at the bigger picture, which opens the door to feeling good about who we are, the choices we're making, and the perseverance we have. It introduces the idea that we can be proud of ourselves, and it reinforces that over time. Did you know we can be proud of ourselves without the extra degree, without doing anything more? We can be proud of ourselves simply by being who we are. And then finally, the practice opens the door to one of the most important elements of a fulfilling life, and that's gratitude. Gratitude for ourselves, for the people who are helping us, the people who are supporting us, gratitude for where we're at, and that we've created all of this. Do you see the value? Leading your mind where you want it to go rather than waiting to see what roller coaster ride you're in for? Looking for the little things and labeling them worthy of celebrating? Seeing a bigger picture for your life and your efforts? And identifying the distracting judgment and comparison and learning to stop feeding it? You can also have this experience. You can cultivate this practice in your life. You can start your day with it, end your day with it. When your mind's freaking out about anything, like the times when you cannot relax, you can pull out a piece of paper 
and challenge yourself to list five celebrations. You're breathing, that counts. You haven't quit, that counts. And that's two, you only need three more. Here's what's amazing. Doing this regularly captures all that is right and worthy of honoring in your life, and it amounts to a lot. Celebrations are a reminder of how precious your life is, and they help you see the effects of your life on the world around you. Prompt number two, this is a powerful one. What I know now is, five words, what I know now is, and then you fill in the blank. This is a prompt I use in a few different ways. Every few months, I use it as a marker of growth and learning and progress. When things are challenging for the client, I bring out this prompt. When things are challenging in my life, I bring out this prompt. When my mind's telling me I'm failing in everything. What this prompt does is open the door to any area of challenge, but open the door differently rather than the pain of that challenge being opened up and acutely agitated. It opens up what we can learn from it. Have you ever applied a bandage to a bleeding wound and then it's time to change the bandage again, except it's stuck to the wound. So you can tear off the bandage and open that wound again. There's another way though. Another way to remove the bandage without ripping the wound open. You can moisten it with saline or water, wait a while, and gently separate the two. We can open up the challenge without acutely agitating it, and we can learn from it and see it in a new way. Here are some examples. What I know now is that it takes three years to build a business, not the one year that I planned for. What I know now is that I was doing it right. I just wasn't doing enough of it to see the change or see the momentum. What I know now is that he was listening and he does care. What I know now is that it's never too late as long as I don't quit. What I know now is that it's not personal. People say words and it's their frame of reference. And usually those words are spoken from their pain. What I know now is that the hardest lessons have been the greatest teachers. What I know now is that leaving that job in that way was the best thing that could have ever happened. Do you see how this works? We're simply looking at the past as a teacher, and we are editing what we want to take away from it. We're not reliving the experience. We're not reliving the pain. We're soaking up the wisdom, and we're looking at how much stronger we are now. The learning might sound like the hardest thing at the time really wasn't the hardest thing I've ever done. It might sound like most of the fear was imagined. It might sound like I really wasn't alone. It also might sound like I had a lot of courage. I was strong then. I'm stronger now. A few months ago, I decided to sign up for a marathon and hire a running coach. I turned 50 this year. It surprises me too. This was an idea that had been floating around for years, and I decided it was time to decide yes or no. So when I shared it with Craig, here's his response. Oh, that's good for you. I'm not interested. That's a rare response from Craig. He generally jumps in. What I know now is that decision has created so much joy. Craig and I are running consistently. We have a plan and a focus. We have a goal. He's committed to a half marathon in the fall and gives it a high likelihood for the marathon at the end of the year. 
What I know now, it's built confidence. And I've learned to slow down and enjoy the process and even run at a pace that it's possible to chat. What I know now is we're becoming stronger and I can train without beating up my body. What I know now is it's the prompt to help you relook at the past, edit the past for what you learned. It's a prompt to help you see the courage you had and have, the strength you had and have the purity and the innocence that you had and have. It's a way of honoring yourself in the past no matter what you experienced because you survived. What I know now is, here's some more examples. I can believe in myself. I don't have to know how. I figure things out. I have good instincts. Growth feels terrible in the moment. I just have to keep going to experience the rewards that it will bring. Being consistent leads to change. You can do this with your partner. What we know now is. You can do it with your kids. Let's look at all the things you know now that you never knew before. You can do it with your staff. What we know now is. You can do it with your patients. And patients really resonate with this. What we know now is. Here's some examples. Your blood pressure drops significantly when you stand up and that's why you're passing out. You had a stroke a few days ago, and that's why your vision is going in and out. The medication causes your salt levels to go way down, and that's why you don't feel good. Do you see how it works? Start with what I know now is. See the wisdom you've learned and the courage you've demonstrated. It's not the results that bring courage or strength. It's the willingness to try. The willingness to enter into the arena and see what happens. All right, number three, and this one comes after I've worked with a client for a while. You'll see why. The prompt is, I'm proud of. All right, you can imagine why this one comes later. High achievers don't operate with a lens in real time to see what they are proud of. We don't do it. We don't see what we are proud of when it comes to ourselves, at least. We may do it with our family, with our friends, with our patients, but not ourselves. It's a process. It starts with the idea that we can be proud of ourselves and it extends beyond an accomplishment. We can be proud of who we are, who we've become, what we are working on before anything has happened. Here's an example. I'm working with two phenomenal women on building a conference and I'm proud of it, how it's evolving. There are no results yet, but the results aren't needed to feel proud of it now. The pride comes from thinking beyond what I know how to do. I've never done this before. The pride comes from anticipating and learning and being kind to myself when my mind says, be afraid. When my mind tells me it's not going to work, I can be proud still. So try this now. Answer this for you. I'm proud of fill in the blank. How do you answer? It can be the tiniest of things. In fact, those are the most important ones. I'm proud of. Not quitting, not yelling back, walking away, no longer being hurt by, not finishing all the food on my plate. It can take a while to get to, to be able to say I'm proud of without the mind freaking out. That's normal. Judgment and comparison, they like to be everywhere. They like to dominate our mind space. It's normal. 
You'll know when you sit down to write. If resistance comes up, it's normal. If it's overwhelming, consider going back and making a practice out of one of the other prompts first. List celebrations. List what I know now is. And then another time, just try it again. The mind is a lot like a nut and a bolt that are rusted. It's been that way for so long. They don't want to change. They don't want to move. And the work we're doing is like spraying WD-40. We spray it. We walk away. We give it time. We let it start working. We come back. We spray it. We wiggle to see, does the nut loosen? We spray it again. The mind is the same way. We introduce an idea and we see how it's received. And sometimes we have to walk away and then we come back and we build on it. And we may walk away again and we come back. Over time, it loosens. Over time, it becomes safer to start thinking about whatever concept we're working on, such as being proud of ourselves. So it's a progression. It may start with, someday I think I can be proud of myself. And then go to, I'm starting to see that I can be proud of myself. And then move to, I'm proud of myself, listing only the big things. And then ending with, or leading to, I'm proud of myself, period. It's a progression, not all or nothing. We all can only take ourselves so far in life. Lots of encouragement to choose people to help you get farther. We've talked about the range of choices in the past, which are particularly relevant now. On one end of the spectrum, a friend. Somewhere in the middle, a coach. On the other end of the spectrum, a professional, such as a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So there they are, the three prompts that can help change your life. Use them consistently. See yourself differently. You'll find they lead to more energy, more creativity, more opportunity, and a whole lot more fulfillment and freedom. Before we go, let's give another shout out to our sponsor, Care Cloud. Don't let bad billing processes keep you from hard-earned revenue. CareCloud's free revenue cycle assessment uncovers billing mistakes so you can see how to claim every last dollar. Get your free assessment by visiting drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash carecloud. Again, drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash carecloud. Don't wait. CareCloud is ready to help your practice thrive. My friends, so much love for who you are and who you're becoming. It's an honor and a joy to share this journey with you. I'll see you next time. Ciao. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.